When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I want there to be archival 1995 footage of Kevin Garnett playing hyped-up Taco Bell one-on-one basketball. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast that's about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the teal slash cyan slash light blue to my pink on the new Amazing Miami Heat Vice jerseys, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? Good. It worries me that you don't know what I am because you're colorblind. Well, I said teal and pink on Twitter, and right off the bat, two people were like, uh, pretty sure that's not teal. And then one person said, yeah, it's like cyan or light blue or whatever. And then someone told me it was Maya blue and I had to take a lap because that's not a color. <laughs> I think these people are looking too much at the hex codes and just ignoring the fact that the Miami Heat vice jerseys are the greatest thing of all time. They're phenomenal. They're so good. I want one so badly. I'm going to get a Dion Waiters one and I'm very excited. They're on the, the episode page of horsehoops.com, but check out these amazing jerseys. They are literal perfection in the form of a tank top. Do you think I can get an Alonzo morning jersey of it? Like, do you think that they'll do retro people? Uh, These jerseys are going to be so popular that I would not be surprised if for these, they let you do the zero, zero, your name here, and you can make it whatever you want. Like, I can customize it? Yes. Yeah, but then I'll just do, like, Bugs Bunny, zero, zero. You can do whatever you want. And he was number one, not zero, zero. Who am I thinking of? Uh, I'm thinking of John Wall. That's right. Totally different. (laughs) Well, I think Taz was zero, zero, or at least single zero. I was thinking of John Wall. I'm sorry. I got Bugs Bunny and John Wall confused, and that happens all the time. But John Wall's number two. No. Who am I thinking of? Gilbert Arenas. I'm thinking of Gilbert Arenas. That's right. I mixed up Bugs Bunny and Gilbert Arenas again. Yeah. Black President himself. <laughs> One of his official listed nicknames. I'm going to get a Barack Obama zero Miami, Miami Heat vice jersey. There it is. It's going to be very good. I'll get a Barack Obama 44 Miami Heat vice jersey. <laughs> So, speaking of jerseys, let's get into the locker room so we can take care of a little bit of housekeeping and put on our clothes and our shoes and our shooting sleeves that definitely help and don't just look cool. Mike can only get dressed when he's doing an ad read. I mean, it's what I'm currently doing right now. Eric, why don't you tell us about our new friend who joined our lovely team over at patreon.com slash horse hoops. Welcome to the Patreon team, Liz Asfaday. You are joining the ranks of the rest of our producer-level patrons, Teal, Samuel Miner, and Jordan Castleman. They all have jerseys that fit them perfectly and wick away all of the sweat. 
and Teal's name is definitely Teal and not Maya Blue. No, not, not Cyan. <laughs> but Maya Blue would be a good name for Maya a human. <laughs> like, first name Maya, last name Blue. It's a good name. Last name ever, first name famous. <laughs> last name Blue, first, first name, name Maya. Famous. I'm not Teal. How dare you say that I'm Teal? I'm Maya Blue, clearly. <laughs> that rhymes, which is how you know it's good hip I'm a good rapper. I do not talk. I am just a rapper. But Patreon has a bunch of fun stuff, and one of the things we finally have been able to make happen... I've got my PlayStation 4 shipped up here from my old apartment, and we got NBA 2K19, and we figured out a streaming thing, so finally we can watch me and Eric duke it out in NBA 2K19. There's already a video up for the $10 above patrons of me almost beating the Golden State Warriors with the New York Knicks, but losing to a Kevin Durant 3 in like the final seconds. It was very disappointing. <laughs> in NBA 2K19, do you get to see... Kristaps in street clothes or do you get to change the reality where the Knicks are not as terrible? I'm not sure about him being in street clothes. That would be a really fun thing if they added it, but I there are that. two different game modes you can play when you play quick play one is the current actual real rosters and then one you can play the rosters just the injury free in a magical dream world rosters where nobody's hurt so the one where you see when you go to bed at night yeah you know where chris Apps is fine and they properly rate alonzo trier mike when i go to sleep at night you know what i envision clothes that fit me nice good <laughs> And I'm trying to bring this into reality with Stitch Fix. Mm -hmm. Stitch Fix is coming back for a round two here at Horse because we love them putting clothes on us and our horses. They do amazing things over at Stitch Fix. You get to answer questions about the style of clothes you like, the fit of clothes you like, the color of clothes you like, so that when they send you a box of clothes... It's stuff that you actually want to purchase. It's all of the joy of shopping without any of the annoying part. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to try stuff on in a weird fitting room. You don't have to ask someone where the fitting rooms are in the building. They just send you a box. You get the stuff. You try it on. You see if you like it. If you don't like it, you just throw it in a pre-packaged and pre-paid return bag. It's so easy. You just throw stuff in a bag and then seal it and then throw it in a mailbox and then you don't pay for it. You do a lot of throwing with your packages. I, I mean... That's why the mail... <laughs> it's like, oh, Michael Schubert? Nope, not sending his package. <laughs> but regardless, regardless of how Mike treats his packages, Stitch Fix is here for you. Another great thing about doing Stitch Fix multiple times is that you can follow up with your profile to make sure that problems that you had earlier are going to get fixed. So I have a Stitch Fix box coming, and I really, really love these pants they got me. They're stretchy, and I really like the stretch, but the problem is, is that when I get the size that I actually am, it then stretches out a little bit bigger, so it's like too big on me now. So what I said was I would love more pants, but if you can do it like a size down, then when it stretches out, it will be the perfect size on me. And I think that Stitch Fix is going to come through on that because I just got to type it into my little profile and they're going to hook me up. If you sign up at stitchfix.com slash horse, you get an extra 25% off when you keep everything from your box, which if you fill out the survey right and fill out the note to your personal stylist correctly, that should not be a problem. One final time, that's stitchfix.com slash horse. Sign up for Stitch Fix today and get some awesome clothes. Nice. Mike, we have another sponsor, cool. which is from Happy Leather Company. Mm. Uh, Happy Leather Company is a business run by husband and wife, TJ and Alana Skidmore, and they make really interesting products with leather. Mm -hmm. So they make like coasters, they make stickers, they make mouse pads. They seem like someone 
put it actually together with their hands. The material is really nice. It's laser printed on, so it looks super cool and has a nice rustic look to it. They sent us a horse mouse pad, which is very fantastic, and also some stickers, which turned out really well. So if you go to bit.ly slash happy leather co you can go back their kickstarter but if you are listening in the weeks months years decades and millennia after november 2018 you can use that same link to just head to their shop so please check out happy leather co the internet is amazing and they will hook you up with amazing things mm-hmm. that is the end of the locker room but now let's get into our first segment of wait the- mike put on your pants you didn't put your pants oh on. no whoop zoop, 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 zip belt drawstring swing so many different ways to make sure that my pants don't fall down it's full court press get it like the news no Well, listen to an old episode of Horse. Listen to the one where you got it. So there were a bunch of fun things that happened in the NBA. We've already discussed the most important in my mind, which is the beautiful Miami Vice Heat jerseys. But let's go on to what was announced today on Twitter by Mark Stein, which is something that we were all clamoring for when it first did not happen. And now it did happen. The NBA All-Star Game draft will finally be televised for this season. So good. So if you're not aware, the NBA All-Star Game last year changed their format. Rather than being the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference, they took the 12 best players from the Western Conference. They took the 12 best players from the Eastern Conference. They put them into one big pool. They chose a captain from each, so Steph Curry and LeBron, the top vote-getters in each conference, and they playground style put together a team from this pool of all-stars, and it was very fun, but it was not televised, and people really wanted to see, because they want to know who picked who first, what was the order, who was the kid that got stuck last on the bleachers, even though you're already chosen to be in the best 24 players in the entire NBA. (laughs) which is still an amazing accomplishment. The NBA did not make it televised last year because they were afraid it would lead to some negative energy. And by the time that was made known, all of the players thought, we're all-stars. We can take it. That's no big deal. We're grown men. Can they though? It really depends on who is in the uncomfortable seats and Mm. how the picks are done. I think last year it was probably fine, but it could be touchy based on who is in the pool. Okay, we've created this show because it revolves around how into the internet and into drama the current 21st century NBA is, right? Yeah, I don't think that these people are going to take it well. This is going (laughs) to be like, this is Gifts Ahoy. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite cookie. Ooh, Gifts Ahoy. (laughs) I don't know if that's a cookie pun or a nautical pun. Yes. And? It's both. I think it will lead to more playful things than anything just because I don't think anyone's actually going to get mad unless it's very particular things like LeBron explicitly not picking Kyrie Irving or something like that. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. I think what will be really fun is when it gets to the Warriors because I think it's no question that it's probably going to be Steph Curry. Oh, no, because of the Western Conference breakdown. It'll be LeBron in the Western Conference top vote getter. Who do you, you think? think so? Because Steph Curry might do it. I mean, Steph Curry's shooting out of his mind, and LeBron is taking care of Lance Stevenson. Yes. So this would, <laughs> if there was a year for Steph to take it mm-hmm. and be the top vote getter, it would be now. Sure. I think that what the, the feud is going to be is that Steph is not going to pick Kevin Durant. 
And it's only going to fuel more rumors that he's going to get to New York. So here's what's going to happen. If Steph is the top vote getter, he's going to get first pick. LeBron will not be the other captain if they do the Western Eastern thing. Right. So Steph's going to pick LeBron and no one's going to be sad about but it. What if he doesn't pick LeBron? That would be the dumbest thing ever. And we'd all have to question Steph Curry because finally Steph Curry and LeBron would get to be on the same team, which we didn't get to see last year. Right. Okay. That'd be super fun. What I think just would be very interesting is when it gets back to if Steph Curry is picking a team and it gets to after Kevin Durant is gone and he has to choose between Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Oh, yeah. That's what I want to see because that's the kind of thing where I don't think either of those guys would actually get mad, especially not Clay Thompson, but it would be very funny just to see the Warriors kind of be joking with themselves throughout the year that Steph loves Clay more than Draymond or the reverse. I think that's the kind of fun things that'll happen. First of all, Clay Thompson by himself passed the recreational marijuana in California. Thank you, Clay. Really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Draymond is used to being like the low man on the totem pole for the Warriors. He's the angry little brother. He's going to do a lot of pouting and then he's going to get angry and then just actually play defense during the All-Star game. Yeah, I think that for the most part in this current day and age of the NBA, all of the top players are really good friends with each other. No one actually dislikes each other at the top. Except for some weird kind of feudy things between Kyrie and LeBron, I don't think that anyone has any genuine animosity towards one another. These guys seem to all be friends and peers and get along. So I don't think that if they're playing a pickup game and it's playground style and someone gets left off that anyone's going to be actually upset because these guys seem friendly enough. They're all in the Olympic team together. They all play together in Los Angeles during the offseason, I don't think it's going to cause some like actual drama. I think it'll just be funny meme drama, which is the best case scenario. No one's actually going to be truly upset. It'll just be joking stuff. Yeah, I understand. I guess I wonder if it changes when the TV cameras are on. I think that they're going to ham it up a ton and make it very lighthearted to very much put out there, hey, let's not get upset about this, (laughs) please. So I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what Kevin Durant does. I mean, he's on a full heel turn, and I want him to, like, come out to, like, the Imperial March from Star Wars. Like, I will be like, oh, that's Kevin Durant's music, and then he walks out like Vince McMahon. Like, that's what I want. I hope he starts to lean into it. I just want whatever facilitates Kevin Durant getting upset or dissatisfied with the Warriors and wanting to play with the Knicks, whatever facilitates that, let it happen. Anything at all. I, anything to get him on the team next year. All right. I have to ask you an honest question uh-huh. as a Knicks fan. Sure. Is this rumor, this consistent buzz that Kevin Durant is going to go to New York, mm-hmm. is it real or is it just something that like Knicks players tell themselves like Santa? I think part of it is that, but also these are the exact same rumors that started with the Lakers and LeBron all of last year. But the only difference is that... Kevin Durant has a perfect situation where he's at right now. Right. And LeBron was in a bit of a tumultuous one because part of that understanding was, well, he can't beat the Warriors, so he might as well leave and go to Los Angeles and start his business dynasty so that it can live on. The thing with Kevin Durant that's interesting to play up is the whole reason for him leaving is that he figures, eh, I've won three championships in a row. Now I want to do my own thing. The real thing that plays it up and it's funny that the Knicks being so bad actually helps in this case is that if Kevin Durant cares about his legacy and how he is perceived which I think he does even though he tries to admit that he doesn't at all I think he's very concerned with what people think of him given the Twitter fiasco that happened I think he's very concerned about that if someone resurrects the Knicks and leads them to an NBA championship they will be forever immortalized 
in the NBA. So that's the opportunity is that if you can come into New York and just win one ring or at least just make them contenders for a couple years, that's going to put him on another level and people will forgive him being a quote unquote snake for leaving OKC. Because no matter how many rings he wins in Golden State, no one's ever going to be like, oh yeah, he's great. People are always going to bring up the OKC thing unless he leads a team on his own and does it because the Warriors are Steph's team through and through people on the outside spend so much time thinking about like legacy and how people will remember you and how the media sees you and what our NBA like talks about you but I just don't know if these athletes actually care about it I mean he has a great situation he's in San Francisco he already has all these business deals in San Francisco as well so it's like this why would you leave your stable job to go to an equally glamorous place but your boss eh, he really loves playing with his own jazz band more than anything else in the world like why would anyone willingly want james dolan to be their boss so bringing it back to the nba all-star game draft i think the only person that might actually get upset is russell westbrook because last year they had the list of what the teams were. They just announced who picked who. And Russell Westbrook was listed last, which he thought meant he got picked last. So before a game started, it was announced. He thought that he was picked last. So he went out and dominated in a game. He scored 46 points, getting six assists, six rebounds, and two steals along the way, leading his team to a victory over the Washington Wizards. And in a post-game interview, someone asked him, Russell, what did you feel to be selected by Team LeBron? And he said this very blasé kind of, oh, no, it's a great honor. And someone said from the back, tell him how you really feel. <laughs> and he said, well, I see I was picked last. And then one of the reporters yells, alphabetical it was alphabetical. alphabetical. See, I told you, man. <laughs> alphabetical order, man. Of course I was first. Which was very good. Someone needs to let him know. I mean, did they intentionally keep it from him so that he would go Super Saiyan and just ruin the Wizards? If my understanding is correct, I'm pretty sure it was announced just an hour or so before the game started. I want to say at 6 p.m. they tweeted it and then the game was at 7. So I don't know if anyone told him or if anyone realized that he was upset about it until the game was already going on. I want to live in a fantasy world where his teammates all knew and gathered in the locker room when he wasn't looking and were like, guys, nobody tell Russell that he wasn't picked last let him be angry so we can win this game and then we'll tell him after and we'll all laugh about it that feels right that mm -hmm. feels like a Stephen Adams move <laughs> yes take everything I just said but put it in a New Zealand accent but for now we have other things to discuss because that is the end of Full Court Press wow Mike yes I don't have a cute thing to tell you because I'm literally I think I might be able to tell you something that you did not know before okay cool this time on That Actually Happened mm -hmm. Mike did you know that Shaquille O'Neal and Hakeem Olajuwon were slated to play one-on-one -on -one for a million dollars on pay-per-view? What? Yeah. And this didn't happen? It didn't happen. God, no. <laughs> oh. See, you didn't even know it. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm so energized. I'm so mad this didn't happen. Who's running pay-per-view? The pay-per-view. Pay-per-view? Yeah. What's their stock? Let's well, see if we can make more Kodak <laughs> jokes. Pay-per-view well. stock. Are they even publicly traded? I don't think so. I don't think pay-per-view is the company. Who's in charge of this decision? Well, you know who's doing really bad? P&P Ventures Incorporated, who showed up when I searched pay-per-view stock. Their stock is only six cents. <laughs> Way worse than Kodak. Got them.
Well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Basketball and Other Things by Shea Serrano. Mm-hmm. I bought this as gifts for a bunch of people, but I never bought it for myself and actually read it. This is the funniest book I've read in an extremely long time, not even about basketball. Mm-hmm. I've been living in New York City long enough that you need to keep yourself together when you're on the subway mm-hmm. so people don't think you're insane. Sure. But reading this book, I was actually laughing out loud and everyone thought I was like just a crazy person. I've only... And they were all very disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> I've only read excerpts of this book because I'm currently still doing Potterless and I have not read any other book that isn't a Harry Potter series. <laughs> I'm so close to finishing. I love doing Potterless and everything. I'm so excited to read other books again. Oh, I've missed books. Books are great. It's been two and a half years. I miss books. You can have, you can read this book. But this book is going to be the first one I open once I finish Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. I've read part of it. It's very good. It's very funny. I'm excited to hear this story. So one of the chapters is about this event. Mm -hmm. And Shea Serrano goes really deep into it about what would have happened if this one-on-one game went down. But I dug a little bit deeper into looking at the history of it and what the hell was going on. Shaq is the literal perfect person to have in this because he is very much like a boxer that would talk smack in the press conferences and to the media and be chirping the entire weeks, months, whatever, leading up to it. Shaq would be the ultimate. Ugh. And especially in 1995 when this went down. So this is Shaq in his last season with Orlando when he was like one of the hottest hotheads in the whole league. Mm-hmm. The whole move to LA from Orlando was a I'm the best person ever. Give me more money and put me in Los Angeles move. So I can understand his ego being through the roof around this time. And Akeem was like just the kind of guy who would let his game speak for himself. Oh yeah. Just just ready to muscle. No trash talk at all. I'm just going to make you look dumb with the dream shake and nothing else. I'm shaking. I'm doing a shammy right now. You can't see it. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a little shimmy. Okay. So get ready. Mike. After the 1995 finals Mm -hmm. between the Rockets, who won, and the Magic, who lost, Shaquille O'Neal was the starting center for the Orlando Magic. Hakeem Olajuwon was the starting center for the Rockets. After all of the celebration in the Rockets locker room, Hakeem Olajuwon received a typewritten note from Shaquille O'Neal. Wow. And it read this. Hakeem, the series may be a done deal, but it ain't over between you and me. Sure, you're pretty good with your team behind you, but I want you one-on-one. And then there's a signature, and then Dash Shaq. I want to know, does Shaq have a typewriter in the locker room in 1995? Or did he pre-make this letter just in case they happen to lose in the series? <laughs> it's just as good. He had two letters pre-typed out. One was, ha 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 ha, if they won. And then this was, if they lost. <laughs> so a month later, this note was blown up and put in a full-page ad on USA Today. Ooh. Out of nowhere. Ooh. The full-pager was the official one-on-one challenge from Shaq to Akeem that was made public and everyone took it seriously. A week later, a company that we'll get back to put a promotional piece saying on an upcoming pay-per-view game, they would play one-on-one for a million dollars. Have you not told me the company because it's very stupid? No. Mike, I want you to guess what the company is. It's 1995. Who has all of the heat? Who is riding it? Who is peak 1995? Is it a television company or a separate company that is just sponsoring A spe- separate company that's sponsoring Okay, so it's not a it's television It's not a media company, no. Still around today, it's still extremely popular. But in 1995, they were at their peak strength. Yeah, what is the wildest company you could imagine to sponsor this? The wildest. Mountain Dew. You were actually very close. Surge soda? No. (laughs) The war on the floor for a million dollars. One-on-one. Hakeem versus Shaq. 
was sponsored by Taco Bell. Oh no, I was about to say Taco Bell. I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh no, I knew uh, you'd get there. I I was the my Taco Bell was forming on my that I just I wanted to say Taco Bell, but they do NBA stuff now, and I thought it'd be too good to be true. This is it. Why? Wow, this was the beginning of their interest in the NBA. They loved it. They now sponsor the Skills Challenge, <laughs> which Chris Stapps Porzingis won two years ago. <laughs> You're still riding high. Hang on it that. in the rafters. 1970 NBA Finals champions. 1973 NBA Finals champions. 2017 Chris Stapps Porzingis wins the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Put it in the rafters. Imagine the magnitude of what's happening here. The two best players on the finals teams are playing in a pay-per-view event for a million dollars, sponsored by a company as Buckwild as Taco Bell, mm-hmm. and the NBA is just like, okay. Yeah, fine. All right. And they just don't say anything about it. I mean, it's amazing publicity because it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This is Steph Curry and LeBron playing one-on-one. I can't even fathom it. This is like instead of a presidential debate, they played one-on-one on pay-per-view. Which honestly should be what presidential debates are. Exactly. Joe Biden has a sick three. I mean, I don't think Mr. Trump could dribble a ball. He's a very large man. He's like seven feet tall. No, he's not. He's like six foot two. Yes. (laughs) And like 700 pounds. So let me tell you the rules because the rules are also insane. Okay. There were 10 separate two-minute rounds, and each was worth $100,000. This is very much like a fight. More like a boxing event. Yeah. It's insane. Wow. Okay, each two-minute round would have 12-second shot clocks per possession. Okay, Which I guess for each one of them was just backing down to the paint. 100%. For for 11 seconds, and then just either dunking it if you're Shaq or doing a little sky hook by Kareem. Mm -hmm. For any round that ended in a tie, the money and the victory for that round would just be rolled over to the next round like a skins game. I love it. The scoring is the wildest part. So the scoring, unlike playground rules, is going to be done like the NBA. I want dunks to be worth more points. Oh, I wish. (laughs) But, okay, regular ones, so two points and three points. Mm -hmm. However, any shot made outside of 32 feet is worth six points. So 32 feet. The NBA three-point line is 23.75 feet. Oh, you just knew that off the top of your head? Yeah. That's eight feet behind the line. Yeah. That's comical imagine that they painted a mountain dew baja blast colored line that was outside of the regular or three point line. The outside of the three-point line it's the shape of a doritos locos taco shell <laughs> that's just as good i think it's just as good if someone is down by a lot oh, you yeah. have 10 chances for buzzer beaters i can imagine Shaq just the first thing he does is walking back and pulling up for six points go for it why yes! not it's a lot of points the diesel for six points, bang! Are you the love child of Hulk Hogan and Marv Albert? Yeah. <laughs> bang! Oh, and Mike, Mike Green, Green yeah. all in the same? Well, you got to get hyped up on <laughs> Taco Bell. You don't come in here, brother, and take six points. I mean, keeping with the theme of being peak 1995, you would think Hulk Hogan probably would be the broadcaster for this game. Bang! <laughs> That's a dunk, brother. <laughs> You want to hear some other wild stuff about this game? Yes. Okay. So the game was going to be on pay-per-view, and it was going to cost between $19.95 and $29.95 to watch it. I don't understand anything about 
pay-per-view. Mm-mm. So I don't know if that is a lot or a little for pay-per-view. It feels like this would be on the lower end of the spectrum, but I would pay $200 to watch this. It's This is so incredibly low. Mm-hmm. I would build a time machine to make sure this actually happened mm-hmm. and then paid $50 after building the time machine. Oh, yeah, easily. If you don't think that's enough content for your $20 of pay-per-view, don't worry. There were two undercard matches. Oh, my goodness. This is a boxing match. Yeah, it's actually. Lakers guard Nick Van Exel was going to play one one-on-one against Nets guard Kenny Anderson. That's fantastic. For anyone who doesn't know, that's very good. That's very good. The other undercard match was Joe Smith, who was going to be a rookie in next year's NBA draft, going up against Kevin Garnett. Oh, Kevin Garnett would have murdered him. Well, they were both pretty good at the time. Joe Smith was trash later, but this is like 19-year-old both of them. Ah, I think Kevin Garnett would have murdered Joe Smith. I would have loved to see that. I want there to be archival 1995 footage of Kevin Garnett playing hyped-up Taco Bell one-on-one basketball. The other crazy thing about Kevin Garnett is, similar to Shaq, he is a mad trash talker. Kevin Garnett would have eaten up the limelight of this event. That is incredible. He would have swallowed two burritos whole, grabbed Joe Smith's face, yelled at it for 10 seconds, and then dunked the ball. So this happened before the NBA draft, right? Yeah. Okay, so imagine if this did happen, and then Kevin Garnett beats the crap out of Joe Smith, and then Kevin Garnett goes first pick to the Warriors, and then the entire NBA landscape has changed. So then Kevin Garnett might have been the leader for the Warriors instead of languishing for the Timberwolves for so long, and then he wouldn't have gone to the Celtics. The Warriors would have been good through the time, but then they wouldn't have drafted Steph Curry because they're... The whole NBA landscape changes. I love that. It's very good. (sighs) Anything is possible! Alternate timelines, man. Holy crap. This is extremely good. Like everything weird in the 90s, Donald Trump was involved. The game was going to be played at the Trump Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. Also, Trump was the kind of sort of promoter for the match. It's going to be the best basketball Oh, no, I hate it. This is supposed (laughs) to be a safe space. Why would you do that to me? Once again, the NBA pretty much just ignored it. Good. Not even. They just didn't even acknowledge it. Fine. They're like, oh. Honestly, that's the best thing that you can do to that man is just not pay him any mind, which we won't be doing for the rest of the episode. There you go. Okay. So the day before the game, Hakeem Olajuwon pulled out. He said that he injured his back while lifting weights and he couldn't play. Boo. I know. Boo. Reschedule it. I know. It doesn't make any sense. Taco Bell ran around trying to find a last minute replacement. They had all these crazy ideas. They weren't going to put in Alonzo Mourning, who was another amazing center at the time. They also thought they were going to do a tag team of Muggsy Bogues and Spud Webb. That would have been very fun. Two on one, the two tiny ones. Two short men, one large man. Two short men, one large man. They would have kicked his ass. They would have. It would have been, been a good. murder fest. They probably would have changed like all of the scoring. Uh, yeah, dunks would have been, been more. But yeah, they couldn't figure it out. They just scrapped it and they just refunded everybody's money. On September 30th, 1995, a reporter from the Orlando Sentinel wrote this article. Headline, Hakeem can't answer the Taco Bell versus Shaq. It will, like some of the content inside of a burrito, forever remain a mystery wow now we'll never know for whom the taco bell tolls wow it's a case for the x-files somehow we will try to go on with our lives never knowing who would have been the champion spokesman for mexican fast food shack or hakeem wait force or finesse hard shell or soft shell hot or mild okay i love this guy's dedication to the bit but he said it's a case for the x-files 
Isn't that show about aliens? Yeah, but it was on like Lost Mysteries. But I thought it was five. Everything was about the X Files. I thought it was specifically alien related mysteries. It's like aliens and cryptids and monsters. But this is also an alien mystery. But Hakeem and Shaq are both human beings. (laughs) They both might be aliens. It's entirely possible. That happened. That came in a paper. That was in a paper. That's amazing. If anyone has that paper, I would spend lots of money for it. I wish. I super wish. Shaq was super disappointed in the whole thing. Apparently in 2016, I looked on this blog and uh, some, I don't know, this was like some internet dude asked Hakeem what happened to the event. And he said he couldn't remember what happened. But before he could follow up, Robert Ori showed up and it said he wanted more money and it disappeared into the night. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Yeah. In context of this. I have no idea. I don't know. That's just what this guy wrote on oh, a blog. Oh, you're saying someone wrote on a blog that he, in person, yeah. asked Hakeem Olajuwon what happened. Yeah. Where was he? That Robert Ori was there, too. I don't know. Uh, and then Robert Ori was just like, he wanted more money, and then disappeared. Uh, this seems too good to be true. I can only hope. <laughs> but also, Hakeem Olajuwon does not seem like the guy who wanted more money of it. That seems like a Shaq move. I get, Yeah, probably. But I guess Shaq also wanted this to happen. I mean, he did create Shaq around this time and kazam oh kazam was great was it was it yeah shaq wore a turban what else do you want from your media i don't know less shaq rapping (laughs) i want more shaq rapping so like really shaq send me all the unused mixtapes that you have just sitting around your house my name's shaq daddy and i'm here to say that i like barbecue chicken in a major way (laughs) i'm so proud to say that Taco Bell sponsored a pay-per-view with Hakeem and Shaq playing one-on-one, but it has lost the time. Truly, actually, that actually happened. That almost actually happened. It almost actually happened. <laughs> that actually almost happened. I knew this was going to be a good one. I told one of my friends this when I was reading the book, and he said, and who has no sports knowledge at all, mm-hmm. and he was just like, Wow, I can't believe that actually happened. I'm like, oh, I know no! what actually happened! <laughs> and that's why we call the segment What We Do. Wow. So there you go, Mike. That is amazing. Well, it's very fun that you mentioned a particular set of names and characters throughout the (laughs) story uh that you just said. Oh, wow. Because Names and characters? Yeah, I would call Shaquille O'Neal a character at some point. But the three-on-three that I've chosen features some names that you've mentioned and that we've mentioned last episode. But this three-on-three is the three best and the three meanest NBA trash talk instances. Yes, good. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. I'll start off with the meanest. Oh, wait, well, hold on. Before we start, Mm -hmm. Mike, what makes you qualified to talk about trash talk? Well, I trash talk a lot when I play basketball. As I mentioned on this podcast, I have been offered three times to take this outside because of trash talking or trash talking related events. I'm just a big believer if someone else is mad while they're playing basketball, they will perform poorly. And I like to just say tiny little things that get into people's heads and it usually works. And here are some examples of that working to huge success. And it goes a little something like this. You bitch. <laughs> Whoa. I usually don't go with that. Not from not to start. You lead it. No, my go-to for trash talking, it's just like nice, short, sweet, and to the point. When someone is about to take a shot, I'll do one of two things. I either, one, just as they shoot it, I go, that's fine. As in like, I'm okay with you shooting that. That's what I wanted. I'll say, that's fine. And then I'll like run the other direction, assuming they will miss. 
The other thing that I'll do is if someone turns the ball over or misses a shot, I'll say something like almost or nice shot (laughs) after they've missed. Wow, I Mm -hmm. hate it. Yeah, right? It's just the tiny little thing. And then that person gets really mad and then they want to make one in my face and then they miss again and then they get more mad and it just compounds from there. Uh, see, I think my problem is that I start with get fucked. <laughs> and then that's I have nowhere too, to go. Yeah, that's a bit too much. I start up here mm-hmm. and I have nowhere to go. Yeah, I do the tiny little, you lay the groundwork and then you can build up and up and up. All right, let's do this. I'm so excited for you to <laughs> so, say mean shit. I'm going to go with the three meanest first. And it started as me trying to find the three meanest things, but they were all from Kevin Garnett. So these are... <laughs> So these are just three Kevin Garnett trash talk insults. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the description for this episode, it's going to be the three best trash talk and three best trash talk from Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh but Kevin Garnett's are really mean, like to the point where they're like kind of not funny. They're just really mean. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so we're going to start with the third most mean, which is the first most weirdest <laughs> because I don't really understand how it's an insult, but it is. It's just one of those things when you hear it, you'll say, yeah, that's mean, but I don't know why. Okay. So when Kevin Garnett was playing for the Boston Celtics, he was playing a game against my beloved New York Knicks and he was trash talking my not beloved friend, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> and at one point in the game, he told Carmelo Anthony that his wife, Lala Anthony quote, tastes like honey nut Cheerios. <laughs> I remember this. This got so heated that Carmelo Anthony tried to fight Kevin Garnett after the fact outside of the locker room in the garden. Oh, my God. And it didn't end up happening. But this is something that got Carmelo Anthony so upset. And I understand why it's mean because Kevin Garnett is insinuating that he had oral sex with Carmelo Anthony's wife. But tastes (laughs) like Honey Nut Cheerios? It's very specific. It's very specific. It's also very different than what a lady's downstairs area tastes like, <laughs> at least in my experience. Oh my God. I would never walk away from You're that. Not, ex- no. <laughs> no. It's very specific, and I just don't know that a human could taste like Honey Nut Cheerios. That would require lots of sugar, oats, and honey. And there's a bee down there. <laughs> Oh my god. I just I love the specificity makes it so insane that it's you know absurd. that they're trying to be mean. Is there a worse cereal you could say? Oh, there's so many worse cereals. No, 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 not a worse cereal. Oh, you could something say, that would no, make it say, would say that would be meaner. Honey Nut Cheerios also I think has the proper cadence yes. of a sick burn cuz it's honey, two syllables, nut and then but you're emphasizing Cheerios. So mm-hmm. it's long enough I'd be like Yo, your wife tastes like tricks. Like that doesn't sound. Nah. That's, it just doesn't have that oomph. Mm-hmm. Nah, Honey Nut Cheerios does have a nice ring to it. It's just yeah. one of those things that sounds cool to say. Yeah. Like I in New York, I live in Hell's Kitchen, and I always feel very cool when I tell people I live in Hell's Kitchen. Just like sounds nice and sounds intimidating. Honey Nut Cheerios just rolls off the tongue well. It's yeah. got a lot of syllables in there, so you can put the different emphasis. Like you're saying, if you just said pops or kicks or tricks or snaps, it wouldn't <laughs> sound as great, and it just wouldn't sound intimidating if he was like said a cereal that was healthy or very childish. Like your wife tastes like Frankenberry. Like it wouldn't really. It's <laughs> very funny. Your house. Your wife tastes like Count Chocula. <laughs> That's also extremely good. Yo, your wife tastes like kicks. Kid tested mother brute. <laughs> Would it be better or worse if he said that she tasted like one of those off-brand versions of cereals that just comes in the big plastic bag? Like, I don't know what the, the offshoot of Captain Crunch is, but like, your wife tastes like Admiral Chew. <laughs> your wife tastes... <laughs> your wife tastes... <laughs> oh, 
fuck? Your wife tastes like Crunchios. What? What? <laughs> yeah. When I was growing up, there was an off-brand grocers, and you could only find them there. They tasted okay, but they were pretty cheap. Shout Crunch- out to Kroger. <laughs> Crunchios. So that was the third meanest insult. The second meanest, which might be the first meanest, but what I've chosen for number one is just my favorite story. He once told Tim Duncan on a basketball game that took place on Mother's Day after making a basket on Tim, he apparently yelled at him, Happy Mother's Day. And Tim Duncan's mother passed away when he was 14 years old. (laughs) Oh, no! Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Mike, move on to the first one. Yeah, so we're going to move on. We're going to move on to the first one, which is mean but kind of funny because of the follow-up story. Okay. So there was a player in the NBA named Charlie Villanueva who was not very good at basketball, and he (laughs) (laughs) just want to preface that. He also was, like, very grumpy and used to get into fights with people, so it makes sense that Kevin Garnett had a beef with this man. But he also had alopecia, which is a condition where you just don't have hair on your body so you don't have eyebrows eyelashes hair in your head etc so kevin garnett apparently at one point in a game said of charlie villanueva that he was a cancer patient making Uh, a joke upon the loss of hair and all kind of stuff like that what makes this story funny though is that kevin garnett was pressed on this afterwards because someone from the media heard that he said this and said hey kevin this isn't okay so he brought it up so good on that media member for bringing it up but then kevin garnett said this in reply (laughs) He said that, no, I didn't say that he was a cancer patient. I said that he was cancerous to his team. (laughs) So he tried to twist it as if he was saying, oh, no, it's because he's a bad influence on his teammates, which, uh, Kevin, come on. Like, no one is buying that at all. People already know he's mean. I like That's the thing. You're not tricking anyone. You're Kevin Garnett. (laughs) He's already a very mean man to his co-workers. I've been thinking about this the entire time. Imagine you had someone at your job who yelled terrible things at you. Like in a different department, they would come over and just yell things at you as you try to do your job. Uh, it's, uh. But not only that, but imagine if they yell at you and then when someone calls them out on it, they try to lie and say that they're actually <laughs> trying to give you constructive criticism instead. <laughs> I just appreciate the existence of Kevin Garnett. He's so intense and he's so mean to people who aren't on his team. He's one of those people that you just want to be around. I need to be around someone who will scream for 20 seconds in a row. I remember going to Celtics games when Kevin Garnett was on the Celtics and, you know, they have those pump up videos Mm -hmm. and they would end with Kevin Garnett screaming for 10 seconds as the beat dropped. Oh, yeah. It'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it was my favorite thing. Everyone got so hyped. It's effective. It's so good. So I pulled up the full quote from Kevin Garnett when he was pressed about it. And he said this, which is the least Kevin Garnett sentence just in the cadence. I am aware there was a major miscommunication (laughs) regarding something I said on the court last night. My comment to Charlie Villanueva was, in fact, you are cancerous to your team and our league. So, yes, Kevin (laughs) Garnett wrote this with his own fingers, probably on a typewriter. typewriter. (laughs) You're cancerous to our league. It's very mean. Yeah, it's he still said something mean, but you didn't say that, Kevin. Yeah, that <laughs> was very good, though. He, tri- he tried to follow up saying he would never insult cancer patients, blah, blah, blah. Like, it just all sorts of media apology BS that is not true at all. You said something very mean, Kevin. Just apologize for being very mean and rude. Exactly. Just say, like, I'm a rude man. I'm a rude boy. I'm a rude boy, boy. Come boy. and get it up, or whatever the rest <laughs> of the lyrics are. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know Rihanna. This was about me because I say rude things to people on a regular basis. <laughs> so those were the three meanest slash most Kevin most Garnett, Kevin Garnett trash, trash talks talks. said. Let's get into three best because they are fun and mean, but not insulting or offensive in any way, shape, or form. So the third most was actually from president that we miss a whole lot, Barack Obama, to Rajon Rondo. What? So, <laughs> I don't know this. Oh, you don't know this story? It's so good. Oh, this is so good. So Barack Obama grew up in Chicago, and he is an enormous Chicago Bulls basketball fan. And he was not shy about this during his terms as president, always making jokes and stuff whenever the NBA teams, after they won the finals, would go visit the White House. You see, kids, because before we had a big old racist as We're the president, NBA teams liked to go to the White House. So Vote in the midterm election. <laughs> Well, everybody vote. This is our trash talk campaign to get you to vote during the midterm Please elections. vote. So this did not happen at a White House thing, though. It happened in March. And this story was actually told from Shaquille O'Neal's autobiography. Look at all these recurring characters in this segment. So Shaquille O'Neal says this about when he was on the Boston Celtics. He says, in early March, some of the guys went to the Museum of Fine Arts for a fundraiser and got to hang with President Barack Obama. Everybody was a little bit in awe. The president turns to Ray, Ray Allen, who is a very good three-point shooter. The president turns to Ray, points at Rondo, and says, Oh, God, can I try an Obama? Uh, let me be. Uh, hey, Ray, why don't you teach this kid how to shoot? And everyone starts laughing. <laughs> but then apparently the next day, Rajon Rondo shot the ball very poorly. Shaq went on to say, He's so sensitive. I think it was a real jolt to hear the outside perception of a basketball fan who happens to be the president of the United States. It messed with his mind. I'm sure of it. And that is the true ultimate trash talk is when you get in someone's head so badly that it affects their performance. I love that so much. <laughs> I was like, you're Obama. Not bad. I try. I do Not what bad. I can. <laughs> uh, I found Obama's best sports trash talking moments. Okay. And I'm putting that away. Into my three on three folder. <laughs> just gonna put just seal that in there. He is very good at trash talk, but one I wanted to tell as a follow up was one that Kobe Bryant actually said to Barack Obama mm. because during one of the presidential White House visits after the Lakers won in 2010, at this point, Derek Rose, who was on Barack Obama's favorite team, the Chicago Bulls, was doing very well, and he told Kobe, hey, you got to watch out. I think Derrick Rose might have your number. And Kobe Bryant hit Barack Obama by saying, if Derrick Rose has my number, I'll pick up after the fifth ring. Insinuating Ooh. because Kobe Bryant has five NBA rings at that point. It's a very good joke. It's a very good double entendre. That's I good. love it. So Barack can give it, but also he has to receive it. <laughs> so let's move on to the second greatest trash talk story, which is from someone that is no stranger to the podcast. My mom. Michael Jordan. <laughs> your mother. My mom. Sick for action. Actually, this is a great time. Okay. My mom notoriously gets fed up with customer service agents. Uh-huh. One time when I was in middle school, my mom was on the phone with Apple, and she was just getting so frustrated. She was on the phone with like 20, 30, 40 minutes, and she kept getting moved from one place to another place. When my mom gets mad, she's five foot and a half inch, but when she gets angry, you just need to like stay out of her way. So my mom was just like getting angrier and angrier in like the front room, and my brother and I were just like watching her from the living room be like, oh, she's going to go off. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So like after an, an hour of being on the phone, she takes it and she screams, I thought this was customer service, not customer fuck you service. <laughs> and she closes it. <laughs> That's not even that good. But it's very momish. It's very momish and it's very good. I disagree. Stories about my mom are all extremely good. Thanks, it's mom. a good story. I'm saying it's not a good insult. Because fuck. 
Customer fuck you service. Yeah. It's <laughs> your laugh mom move. You're I'm laughing, laughing at so how bad sense. it is. You're laughing, and I think that that's all that matters. It is all that matters. Well, let's get into an insult that I think is actually good, which is from Michael Jordan. So this took place in 1998 when he was playing against the Utah Jazz. And after Michael Jordan completed a dunk over six foot one John Stockton, he overheard, and the stories differ here. Some say it was a fan. Some say it was someone from the coaching staff of the Utah Jazz yelling that he should pick on someone his own size. The very next possession, Michael Jordan gets the ball and dunks over center Melvin Turpin, who is six foot eleven, and then turns to whoever yelled that at him and said, "Is he big enough?" Uh. and went down the court, which is very good. And you know that Michael Jordan heard that and was like, "Okay, the next play, I have to make sure I dunk on this tall man." <laughs> he stops. He stops. Who is the tallest man here? I would like to dunk on the tallest man, please. <laughs> Bring me your champion so I can dunk upon him here in the Salt Lake. In the kingdoms of the Salt Lake, I will dunk upon your large. Largest champion. Is this your tall man? <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> I'm so glad that Michael Jordan is the goat or goat two because shout out LeBron, shout out millennials, because he couldn't be as big of an asshole without being this talented. Mm-hmm. Like he needs to back up all of his shit oh, yeah. with actual doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he needs to dunk at people's faces. He needs to make Carl Malone feel bad about himself. He needs to do all of this stuff because if he can't back it up, then the legend doesn't continue. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being extremely talented, Michael Jordan. And I bet you $500,000 that I can dunk in your face. Wow. I didn't know you wanted to lose $500,000 and Michael Jordan will take He'll you up on it. There are previous episodes. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to get Michael Jordan to listen to horse. Ah, very good. Very I bet good. you can't dunk on me, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I, I have a two inch vertical leap. Sorry, did I say two inch? I meant two foot vertical leap. Ooh. My arms are very long. I'm a podcaster. You can't see me, Mr. Jordan. <laughs> it's very fun that this is another Chicago Bulls against the Utah Jazz trash talk story because in the nickname three on three, we talked about how Scottie Pippen had an amazing insult against Carl Malone mm. and the mailman. So I just love that this is a recurring theme in trash talking and in horse three on three segments. But let's get into the number one trash talking segment, which is from a man that I talked a lot about last episode, Larry Bird. Oh, uh, Larry Bird. So him playing with his left hand. Wait, very did you fun. say Sue Bird? No, but I love Sue Bird. <laughs> So Larry Bird, as we went very deep in the last episode, he loves to talk trash and be a hotshot and all kind of things like that. There are a lot of very good Larry Bird trash talk stories, but the number one came against Xavier McDaniel. It was a tie game and the Celtics had just taken a timeout. Larry Bird turned to the man who was defending him, Xavier McDaniel, and told him this. I'm getting the ball. I'm going to take two dribbles to the left. I'm going to step back behind the three-point line and stick it. And what did Larry Bird do? Almost exactly that. He got the ball. He dribbled to the left. He did not go behind the three-point line, but he did go from very deep and made the shot in Xavier McDaniel's face and another defender. So there were two dudes trying to block the shot. Larry Bird made it over both of them, and there were two seconds left on the clock. And after making the shot, he screamed aloud, Damn! I didn't mean to leave any time on the clock! (laughs) So that's just the ultimate because he called a shot, He did the shot, and then he had an amazing follow-up to his own trash talk after doing the thing he exactly predicted he was going to do. It's very impressive by Larry Bird. It is the ultimate stakes. 
because all of the trash talking came before the event and then the event took place as he predicted and then more trash talking came to follow. I like how it also involves Larry Bird being uh, critical of himself at the end. Yeah. He's a perfectionist. (laughs) (laughs) The real trash talk was against myself. (laughs) The real trash talk was the friends we made along the way. (laughs) So those are the three best and three most Kevin Garnett trash talking stories (laughs) of the NBA. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Mike, thank you. No problem. That's good. I am remiss. A touch, just a smidge, that you didn't mention the best trash talker in all of basketball. Who you told me was the best trash talker in all of basketball. Me? No, Diana Taurasi. (laughs) Oh, Diana Taurasi. I'm going to give you this one for free. I'll give you a four. In the first game of the WNBA season, Diana Taurasi scored her 1,000th career Mm three-pointer. And she did it in the most Diana Taurasi way. She took the shot. She drained it. She turns around and screams, motherfucker, at (laughs) just the entire stadium. Honestly, the reason that I have not put Diana Taurasi in this is because of Future 303. I just wanted to do the six coolest things Diana Taurasi has ever done. Honestly, that one's not going to crack it. (laughs) That was tabled for a future thing, but Diana Taurasi's trash talk will become a segment at some point because she is widely known around any basketball person, whether it's a player, media member, or whatever. It is no dispute that she is the number one talker of trash just across the sport of basketball she's the garbage person (laughs) (laughs) but she's so good at basketball so it's okay it's true she's just raining all those shots Mm -hmm. again i don't want diana tarasi to come to my place of work while i'm editing audio and just yell at me and say mean things about my body just scream motherfucker into you (laughs) i'm editing the diana tarasi bust and go motherfucker and then just leaves it would be very effective (laughs) i would be chook which is what she wants you to she be. She wants me to. She's throwing me off my shook game. Mm-hmm. My editing game. Yeah. That's why there's a bad cut here and here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that's the end of this three on three. And that's the end of this episode of Horse. But Eric, thank you so much for joining. And listeners, thanks so much for listening. Mike, I want you to know you taste like blueberry. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Mike Schubert and Eric Silver. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The theme song is by Bettina Campomanes. Art by Allison Wickman. And website by Kelly Beckman. Special thanks to our producer-level patrons, Teal, Samuel Miner, and Jordan Castleman. You all taste like whatever you want to taste like. And you can take your taste to social media. You can find us on Instagram at Horse Hoops. You can find us on Facebook at Horse Hoops. And you can find us on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops. Because as we say on every single one of our episodes, it's because Horse Hoops was banned. We got to follow up with Twitter and just figure this out. Yes, we need to write Jack long email. Hi, when you're not deleting Nazis off of your website, could you maybe give us Horse Hoops without the underscore? (laughs) Yeah. He'd probably do that sooner, honestly. That's true. It's not a Nazi who runs Horse Hoops. We really need it. <laughs> you can also find us on our website, horsehoops.com, where you can find descriptions of the episodes, all the links that we talk about stuff, and just orient yourself, and it's really pretty. Mm-hmm. And if you want bonus content, you can go to patreon.com slash horsehoops and get access to things like five-on-five five instead of three-on-three. Three. 
Overtime, where Eric and I talk about just whatever NBA thing we want to talk about. And now that we're in the same city, streams of us playing NBA basketball video games against each other like NBA Jam or NBA 2K19. Yeah, sales. Thank you, sales. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get pay-per-view for Multitude. You can just listen to it on your phone. Multitude is an audio collective of awesome people talking to you about the things that they love to talk about. That is horse. That is spirits. That is join the party. That is Potterless. And that is Waystation. You can check out all of our shows at Multitude.Productions, or if you need help making a show of your very own, you can go to Multitude.Productions. So let's wrap this episode up as we do every time we put our hands in the middle, we say something on the count of three, and this time I would like us to say Honey Nut Cheerios on the count oh, no. of three. So, one, two, two three. three. Honey, Honey Nut, Nut Cheerios! kind of hungry for some. I don't know. I'm kind of. <laughs> this is all, this is all, all censored. I'm kind of. <laughs> and I really want a bowl B. <laughs> this doesn't taste like B. <laughs> hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.